Hi everyone! Happy New Week, my friends. I missed you guys so much. I pray all is well with you and your loved ones. Welcome to another episode of Speaking with Chantel. I know I sound a little less, you know, loud. Um, it's because it's upwards of like 1am over here, but I just, you know, really wanted to talk to you guys today. I've missed you. Uh, so yeah, welcome to another episode of Speaking with Chantel. So, fun fact about me that I've actually never shared with anyone ever, so this is like breaking news a secret, um, is that I used to write greeting cards. Like, you know, the cards you buy from the store, like when it's someone's birthday, I used to write those guys. So I've always loved writing. Um, I really started getting into it in middle school and I always looked for opportunities to write, but I was super shy. Um, I still am a little bit. So I didn't want to share my writing with my loved ones. So I wasn't really the type to be like, oh, read what I wrote or like share with my friends or even read it in class. But I really liked it and I thought that I was pretty good at it. Um, so I would look for these contests online, you know, because I was proud of my writing. Like I wanted to share it. I just didn't really, not that I didn't have anyone to share it with, but I just didn't want to share it <laughs> with the people I had. So what I used to do was I would you know, Google on the website, Google, period, go on the website, Google, <laughs> and I would Google, like, um, writing competitions or poetry contests and things like that, and I would just, you know, read the prompt and type it up, and I would submit my work that way, and I would use an alias, or I would submit anonymously sometimes, and um, this was, like, a weekly occurrence of me, like, searching up things to submit to, and I actually won a few times, and it was just, like, it was my little thing, you know, like, nobody knew about it, but it was, like, it was my way of giving back to the world at 12 years old through my writing. So, basically, um, the way that I came across the greeting cards was, you know, I was doing my weekly search of, okay, poetry contest, writing, submission, things like that. And so I came across a site to submit greeting cards. So basically it was pretty simple. Um, you know, you would go on the webpage, you choose the category of the card. So birthday, Valentine, 4th of July, literally everything, Thanksgiving. And then you had, um, I think it was like a 50 word maximum. So you would type out your idea for the card. Um, for example, if it's a happy birthday card, happy birthday to my dear friend, you are loved, you know, you know what cards are like. So you would type out your idea and you would submit it and you give them your email address. And if they liked your card, they would give you $5. <laughs> so even in, you know, the thousands, capitalism was still alive. But, you know, as a 12 year old, 13, 14, um, $5 was amazing to me. I was like, oh my gosh, $5. And having my you know, my card published was amazing, even though you don't get any credit because it's not like in the card, like written by Chantel Erickson. But like, I was looking for that anonymous, the anonymous aspect of it. So it was like the perfect fit for me. So, um, and then if they accepted five cards from you, so you were getting the $5 if they accepted the card. And then if they accepted five cards from you, you could also receive a commission, which was like, it was really small. I think it was like five to ten cents per card sold or something like that. So as a 13-year-old, <laughs> it was a pretty good gig for me. 
Um, and the competition was pretty fierce. It wasn't like they picked every card. Your card couldn't be basic because um, it wouldn't get picked. There's so many happy birthday cards, you know. Um, they're a dime a dozen, so there's only so many ways you could say happy birthday. And for that reason, um, certain categories were harder than others. So like I said, birthdays was like a very hard category. So I would choose like the oddball categories like 4th of July, sympathy. Oh my gosh, sympathy is a gold mine. Um, Mother's Day even. Um, i trying to think of like other things. Thinking about you, you know, cards like that. And so when you're writing cards, it really forces you to think about what the topic is really about. So like, for example, Mother's Day, like what really is a mother? What is something I could say that like everyone's going to connect to and pick my card or what really is, you know, why do people celebrate the 4th of July? Why would somebody buy a 4th of July card? What can I write, you know, that's going to really draw someone's attention? Um, because there's really two types of card shoppers. There's the people who go in and they just don't really care and they're going to pick based on the illustration, on like, you know, the theatrics, the popping out, the music the card plays. And obviously that's not in the writer's control. But then there's also the people who actually care what the card says and they're actually going to read it. And so obviously as a writer, you're going for the second group of people who are actually going to read the card. And so you want to put a lot of thought into it and make sure it's something that um, is not only thoughtful, but also universal in a sense that like everyone is going to connect with or the, the type of person that would read the card is going to connect with, if that makes sense. So... Um, so yeah, it was difficult because you have to translate those feelings into words, you know, into max 50 words. So I think I wrote upwards of like 100 cards and I did this from like 12 to 16 and maybe like 30 to 40 were actually selected, which wasn't that bad, you know, so I made, I made a little something something. Um, <laughs> And I remember when they would notify me because they would send an email and so many times I would go to my junk and spam so I wouldn't see it for a while. Um, but I remember when they would notify me that I was picked, I would be so happy. Like, I would be so excited. And whenever we would go to the grocery store, because for a majority of the time I didn't drive, so whenever my mom would go to the grocery store, I would always come along and I'd go to the card aisle and I would look for my card, which was so hard and tedious and time-consuming because you guys know greeting cards, the words aren't on the outside. So I literally have to pick it out of the little slot, open every single card, looking for what it was that I wrote. And then when they tell you that your card was selected, they don't tell you which card. So I would be, go through like every single category. Well, the, after I had sold five cards... Um, they start keeping track, so they'd be like, oh, this card, because, you know, they're giving you the commission. But before that, um, like, for the very first card that was accepted, I had to go through every single card, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been submitting card ideas all the time, I don't even know which one is mine. But um, I remember when I finally saw my card in the grocery store, which I think it was only, like, maybe twice that I actually found a card I wrote in the grocery store, but I was there, and I remember walking up to the aisle, I think I was about 12, um, I walked up to the aisle and there was a lady there and she was looking for cards. So, you know, we're both looking at cards and, you know, she smiled at me when I walked up and she was wearing all black. So she was looking for a sympathy card. Um, and I remember she like looked over, she had read a lot of them. She was like really, really into it, reading every single card. 
and she looked over at me and she's like what do you think of this one you know she she had like smiled a little bit when she picked it up she was like what do you think of this one and guys it was my card and so I was trying not to internally scream because I'm like oh my god she she's probably gonna put it down if she finds out a 12 year old wrote it but <laughs> but I was like I was like I think that one's good and she was like I think so too and she walked away and uh I you know I tried to run and grab one from where she grabbed it from and I actually bought it I don't have it anymore I lost it when I was moving but basically it said um hey this really freaking sucks but you don't have to go through this alone I'm here for you and then that was it it was really simple it was two sentences um, but she liked it, and I think that that kind of shows the, you know, the heart of what sympathy is, the heart of, like, what that, why you would get someone a card for that is, like, and I think, like, for me, I remember when I was writing it, it was so, like, I don't remember if I was going through something, but I remember that when I did go through stuff, I would hate it when people would not acknowledge the pain and when people would be so sunshiny, which I, I'm a sunshiny person, so it's kind of funny, but, (laughs) um, but even though I am like a silver lining type of girl, I also acknowledge the problem and I also can say, hey, this really sucks, you know, and I think a lot of times people don't say hey this really sucks and they don't allow you to process and they just want you to like get over it and like oh well everything happens for a reason like and sometimes it's just not really what you need to hear you know and so following that type of aura I was like I'm gonna write a card that's frankly really honest and I think if I got a card that acknowledged how much the situation sucked and someone said that they would be there for me regardless of how sucky it was I would be really happy and you know they liked the card so I was I was really proud about that card so going along with the idea of you know really capturing the essence of what something is the category that I always really wanted to write about was love because it's a gold mine guys Valentine's Day everybody gets a card you know Mother's Day too everybody gets a card but, you know, birthday, everybody gets a card, but like I said, that's a hard category, but Valentine's Day, gold mine. So, <laughs> and I knew this, you know, I was a very practical person, and I'm like, I'm trying to get my $5, I'm liking the practice of writing, but I also wanted to win, because to me, when they accepted my card, I was winning. So, I really wanted to write about love, especially because I remember, um, it was probably like November-ish, so it was either Christmas or Valentine's Day, Th- those were the categories that were coming up. So I was like, okay, I really want to write about love. What is love, you know? Um, And one of my favorite authors, uh, Flannery O'Connor, Flannery O'Connor, you know, she said, by the time you're 20, a writer has experienced enough to last their creative life, right? So I think at this time, I was about 15 when I finally was like, okay, maybe I can write about love. Um... But I didn't really have any experience. I didn't really, you know, I didn't know. And um, <laughs> I didn't really know how to sum it up. I didn't know what I thought love was. To me, love was, uh, I don't know, holding my hand through the hallway and holding my backpack and sitting next to me on the bus. Um, 
but I didn't really know what it was, you know? And so I remember I had this class, and it was a finance class. And in it, it was actually a really good class. In it, they would teach us about, like, credit card scores and um, loans and borrowing and taxes and just all the things you need to function financially as a person on planet Earth. So she basically, our teacher, um, we were talking about credit scores one time and she had mentioned how she had like a crazy credit score, like 800, like perfect. And we were all like, what? How do you, you know, because like, not to be biased, but you know, she's a teacher. She's probably 25. So we're like, how do you have a perfect credit score? What did you do? You know? And so she was telling us how her mom, her sister and her all bought cars when she was, I think like 17 and brand new cars. And she co-signed on all of their cars. And, you know, we're like, what's, what's a co-sign? And she was like, oh, well, you know, a co-sign is basically when you, add your name to somebody's application for credit and um, because they're not suited for whatever reason to get it on their own and you're basically taking responsibility for the credit as well basically backing them up Um, if they don't make the payment it affects you as well if the car gets repossessed whatever it affects you as well so it's a really big decision to make um, because you can get in a lot of trouble it can ruin your financial future if they don't follow through with what they're supposed to follow through with so I'm just like, wow, like that, that does sound like a lot of pressure. And I actually want to look up the word cosine because I think that was a pretty decent definition, but, um, I just want to make sure just in case someone listening doesn't know what it is. Cause okay. But yeah, so a cosine is when you sign jointly with another person in order to guarantee a payment. So yeah, you just, you're basically just signing on. So you're, it helps, you sign together with a borrower to help them get approved for a loan or to get better terms on the loan. So it's a type of credit, and then the credit worthiness of both signers is evaluated at, in approving the loan. But sometimes it gets like a bad rep because people will take advantage of someone co-signing or, you know, you'll co-sign in good faith thinking the person will pay back and they don't. So it's, it's a big commitment to co-sign with somebody. So she was explaining all of that to us, and I was like, wow, you know what? I think love is a cosign. And I wrote that down, but I never finished the thought because I was like, I'm going to come back to this one day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to understand this better at some point. And I think this is the point where, <laughs> where I understand it better. Um, one thing that I really encourage everyone to do, male, female, young, old, whatever, is to think about love and not to think about love in like you know a superficial way which I think like we all think about it very superficial like oh what would it be like to be in love but to think about it kind of more practical which is interesting because I'm such I can be a very like superficial person like in terms of like I love you know the romance I love the hugs and the flowers, the chocolates, all of that is very great, but I'm also very practical. And I'm like, what do I want this to look like? What would love actually look like? What does that actually entail? What does that mean for me in my life? And you know, 
um, I'm sure you guys have heard of love languages. Um, if not, it's basically like this quiz you can take online and there's five or six different love languages and like physical touch, quality time. And basically the point of it is that everyone loves differently and in knowing um, someone else's love language, you can come to love them better or show them the love that they're looking for and know what type of love that you would like to receive as well. So for me, um, you know, I always thought about, I feel like thinking about love in general should be the same way. Like, what type of relationship do I want? Um, not even just romantically, but platonically. What type of friendships do I want? What What do my friendships look like? What does everything look like that you know, comes into contact with me. Um, and I think it's really important to think about because, you know, the first thing that God ever said, this is not good, was when he saw Adam was alone. And he was like, this is not good. Man needs a partner. And that's when he created Eve. Everything, go read Genesis, guys. Everything, it was good. It was good. The sun, it was good. The moon, it was good. The fish, it was good. God created man. He said it was good. But the first thing that God said this is not good was Adam being alone so we're all going to have those relationships friendships romantic whatever but we should all think like okay what does this look like you know and so you know maybe if I was 11 writing this today or 13 however old I was writing a card about love today I might say oh love is Birkin bags and a woman crush Wednesday post (laughs) Because that's what people have made it seem like that's what love is, you know? Like, oh, your man loves you, he bought you a Birkin bag, you know? And it's sad because it's so superficial. It's so, like, no. Um, But that's why I feel like we have to really think about it for ourselves and, like, you know, come to these conclusions by ourselves. So, anyways, so I was like, love is a cosign. And even in my friendships and stuff like that, I don't really... I mean, I have friends, obviously, but I don't really, I'm not, it takes a while to become my friend. Um, one of my best friends, he was telling me how, like, he was like, oh, you know, it, I think it took me, like, a good five years before we were actually friends, before you actually, like, accepted a friendship with me, um, which was, like, funny, but I was like, it's very true, because <laughs> I, I love consistency, and I don't like um, I take relationships very seriously on a, on any capacity because, you know, all those quotes, like, you are who you hang out with, you're um, the average of your five closest friends. Um, I take all of that stuff very seriously. And with the whole idea of co-signing, um, think about it, you know, if you're really close to somebody and that person isn't there, they're going to be like, oh, where's your friend, you know, because they associate you guys together because you two are two peas in a pod, you know? Um, and even it was funny too, because one of my girlfriends, we were talking and I was asking her about somebody and, um, me and the person, you know how like nothing had happened between us, but it was just, they're not one, they're not my favorite person. Um, but she was saying, you know, ever since, ever since I found out you weren't really into her, like neither am I. (laughs) And it was funny to me. And I was like, you know, but she's one of my best friends, and I'm like, this is why you're my best friend, because we co-sign for each other, you know, because, like, my problems are your problems, your problems are my problems, my happiness is your happiness, and even at church today, uh, there was this guy, and it was his birthday, and so, you know, we were like, oh, whose birthday is it in the house, and they all went up to the front, and, you know, the 
the choir started singing, oh, happy birthday, and they started dancing, and, you know, this man really started dancing, he was really into it, um, (laughs) and so as soon as he started dancing, everyone's, like, calling his wife, like, where's his wife, where's his wife, and his wife, like, runs up, and, you know, with the same energy, starts dancing with him, and, you know, she's co-signing on that happiness, she's co-signing, because, like, that's her, you know, and so it was so cute, I had, like, the biggest smile on my face, um, but yeah, so that's what, that's what love is, that's what a relationship is, it's a co-sign, and so I thought of this Bible verse, um, give me one second, let me pull it up, yes, so I thought of the Bible verse, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12, and it says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed, If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. So I love it. Um, So let's let's dive into it a little bit. So for me, um, I love it because I'm also a very like hands-off type of friend in terms that I feel like we all came to earth with our own mission. God gave each of us a purpose and there's there's work for us to do each of us has our own assignment um and I feel like we have to do those assignments on our own but when you fall you know the other can reach out and help like it says here in Ecclesiastes um you help each other succeed so it's not that you know we're holding hands riding I'm you know carrying you the whole way or you're carrying me the whole way but when there is a problem when there's a shortcoming you can pick up that slack, um, which is like the whole concept of co-signing, right? Because it's either, you know, we both, you don't have what you need right now. You, your credit isn't where it needs to be. You don't have the terms you want, whatever. And so I'm helping you get there. And so, you know, there's this whole concept of 50-50 and I really don't like it because I feel like relationships are rarely, if ever, 50-50 and they should never be. I feel like it should always be a hundred, a hundred, you know, we're both giving everything we have. And on top of that, you know, there might be days when I don't have a hundred percent to give, you know, maybe I'm falling short that day and it's 2080 or it's 3070, you know, but at the end of the day, uh, it still equals a hundred, you know, we're still like picking up that slack for each other. And then, I don't know, it's so beautiful to me. And, you know, so that's why I always felt like love is like a cosign. So, yeah, so I encourage you guys, I'm saying so a lot, I'm sorry, (laughs) but I encourage you guys to really sit back this week and think about what love means to you. I think it's also important to take, like, an active role in your life, in your love life, in your relationships, rather than a passive one. Um, I think society today teaches a lot to be, like, more passive and, like, oh, I'm going to match his energy, I'm going to match their energy, I'm going to see what they're on, you know, that type of, like, vibe. And I don't really like it. I feel like we shouldn't match energy, but you should maintain your energy so that you can attract what aligns. You shouldn't wait for someone to, you know, you shouldn't go with the flow when it comes to relationships because relationships are important, because they're cosigns, because you know, what what someone does is a reflection of you and vice versa. And so you should take an active role in deciding 
what um what things you're gonna allow to be a reflection of you or what you want to allow to be around you and that even makes me think about mark 2 which is one of my favorite favorite parables um for me for many reasons not even a parable it's not a parable it's like a story but um and oh to say the difference a parable is like a symbolic thing um a symbolic story or symbolic account used to um kind of be a metaphor for a bigger idea uh whereas a story would be like an actual account of something that happened so there's that distinction but this is actually a story not a parable so this is um so in this contest context i'm using it to talk about the faith of your friends and why it's important who you're around and also kind of co-signing a little bit but i'm thinking about mark too um and i'll actually read it for you guys so when they could not get near him because of the crowd they removed the roof above him and when they had made an opening they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay and when jesus saw their faith he said to the paralytic son your sins are forgiven so the paralytic he really wants to see jesus right but at this time jesus is popping y'all like he was in a house the house was filled the field was filled like there was so many people and they couldn't get close to Jesus so they actually climbed on top of the roof removed the roof and like late like lowered this guy down (laughs) like that is true friendship and like so I think a lot of my views on relationships come from the bible a lot of the things that I think, you know, about friendship, about love, ETC, ETC, come from the Bible. And a lot of people are like, it's not that deep, da, da, da. But it should be that deep because you have to account for everything. And, like, I don't want to get to heaven and God be like, Chantel, uh, why did you let your girlfriend, uh, you know, like, steal? Why, did, why were you dating this guy who, like, killed three people, you know? I don't want to have to... <laughs> I don't want to have to answer for that. And I can't just be like, God, that was him, not me. Like, no, you know? And then on the flip side of that, it's like because of the faith of this paralytic's friend, friends, for because of everything they did to make sure that he could see Jesus, Jesus saw their faith and forgave, forgave him. So it's just like, it's a cosign because they're cosigning. God saw their faith and forgave him. Isn't that beautiful, guys? But yeah, so just really think of relationships as a cosign. Like, do do I want to cosign on this person's life? Do and it's good things too, because like I said, you know, at church with the guy dancing and his wife, it's beautiful. Like you get to cosign on the happiness, but we're also cosigning on the sadness. We're also cosigning on the bad times and everything, you know? So take it really seriously is the point I'm trying to make here. But yeah, so this week my goal for you guys is to really think about relationships think about love think about what you're looking for and yeah i hope you guys stay safe i hope you guys stay happy hope the desires of your heart i pray the desires of your heart come to pass and you guys are speaking with chantelle bye